Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. And if it does add value, it would mean the world to us if you would share with a friend or if you use Apple or Spotify to rate and review our show. It makes a big difference. We recently did an episode where I talked about five of the best pieces of advice that I've ever heard. Things that have changed my life, things that have made a difference, things that have moved the needle. And this stemmed from a question that my friend Kylie asked me when we were having coffee and we were just talking about podcast ideas and she thought that would be something that she would be interested in hearing about because we all have ours. She asked me for mine. So I shared five. Now I have another five today. And while we're on the topic, we want to hear yours. You're hearing ours, but what are yours? We would love to hear what things have made a difference. Are they the same things that I'm sharing? I'm probably not. You probably have your own. We would love to hear from you. So let us know. Jump into our Instagram, DM us, comment, whatever. But let us know what are your things that have made a big difference. Pieces of advice that you've heard that have moved the needle in your life because we're all here to learn from each other. So today I'm going to do five more that have really made an impact on my life. So here it is. We've done one through five. Today we're going to start with number six. So number six, this one hit me like a ton of bricks. Somebody once told me, and I don't even remember who told me, and I've heard it a few times But it's this, you are replaceable in every single job in life but for one, being a parent. And that sounds kind of weird, but when you think about it, it's the truest thing ever. We can be replaced in literally everything we do in life except for being a parent. And, And it actually is true if you think about it, that we will be replaced in everything. Think about your day job. It doesn't matter how important you think you are. The day you leave, they will fill your spot and somebody will take it and run. And I remember when I left my career almost three years ago, and I remember it was an important job and and I had a specialization and people were counting on me. And I think there was some fear that something could happen when I left. And I kind of I kind of wore that. I kind of felt the weight of that. But something happened. I left and the very next day they moved on. They replaced me with a dude who's awesome, but I don't think they even missed me. They just moved on with life. Now, I'm sure me leaving had an impact and I'm sure there were some consequences, sure. But they replaced me. Think about Sports, think about quarterbacks and coaches. Think about just anybody, anybody that you know in that world. They will leave and somebody will take their place. Now, will they be, you know, now did the shooting guard for the Bulls in 99, was he as good as Michael Jordan? No, but they did replace him. They did replace him. And so anybody in the sports world, they will be replaced one day. 
even in your marriage, if <laughs> this kind of sounds kind of terrible, but my wife, Sarah, she could replace me. Now, we don't plan on getting a divorce, and that's not what I hope happens. Um, we're committed. But if I pass away, she will replace me. She will move on and find somebody that will love her and care for her. I can be replaced even in my own marriage, but not as a parent. My kids only have one dad. And this, this advice just changed my life because when I became a parent, I was busy doing a lot of things. I was, I was doing a lot of really cool things, but the reality is that was the one area that I could not be replaced. And, and that's really changed the way I looked at life, changes the way I handle myself, and it changes the way I perceive my role as a parent. That I'm the only dad they have. And if, if Finn and Pax don't have me, they don't have a dad. And so I need to be their dad. And I need to take that seriously. Number seven, we can either coast out the remainder of our lives or we can sprint across the finish line. And this is from my friend John. And I, I serve on, a, on an international board with John. And I remember we were having an afternoon at his pool. And he, has, he, had a, he had this beautiful pool and this beautiful house. And he had retired maybe a year or two before this conversation. He had retired from a very prominent business role. And he succeeded a lot in his career, and he retired, as people do. And we're sitting at his pool, and we're just having a fun afternoon. We had a cookout, and he revealed to us that him and his wife were going to become missionaries, and they were selling their house that we were, that we, that we were visiting, and they were going to pack it up, and they were going to move internationally and become missionaries. And he went on to explain that he could just coast out the remainder of his life he probably has a lot of resources to do that. But he felt like that would have been a waste of, of everything that he has, all of his influence and his experience, his relationships, his resources, his skill sets. And he said, Travis, I want to sprint across that finish line. And that's what he's doing. We're several years past that now, and he is sprinting. Now, some would say, you need to enjoy life, John. You need to slow down and enjoy. Well, he is enjoying. He's probably working as hard as he's ever worked, but his work is meaningful. And he spends time with his wife, and, he's, and he spends time with his kids and his grandkids. He loves his life, but he's sprinting. And that made a big impact on me. I think that really set the seeds for me to transition into the career that I'm in now because I looked at my life and I thought to myself, what, what am I really called to do? What am I called to do that I want to wake up every single day and sprint? And I liked what I did before. I liked my old career. But I can't say I looked at it and said, you know what? I could really picture my do myself doing this for decades and decades and decades. And it planted a seed in me that there's more there in our work. To have this dude say that he's going to sprint across the finish line when he could li literally just coast for the next few decades, it's, it's a real paradox. And it gives you something to think about. And so I really, really took that advice to heart. And, and I think it's, it's really shaped 
who I am today. That we can either coast out the remainder of our lives or we can sprint across the finish line. And I'm going to be sprinting. And, and some people are going to say, Travis, you take work too seriously. You need to enjoy life. All the above. I want to enjoy life to the fullest. And for me, and this is just me, being lethargic, relaxing, chilling for weeks or months or years on end sounds miserable. And it sounds fruitless. And honestly, it sounds selfish to me. And so, yeah, I want to enjoy. I want to travel. I want to spend time with my wife and my kids. I want to do amazing things and experience stuff with them. But I also have good work to do. I have contributions to make to society. Number eight, ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? And I remember I was talking through with a mentor when I was thinking about leaving my career and he just looked at me as I was just worried and stressed and, and, and anxious about everything that was to come. And I, I, I think I was just gripped with fear of, of what if I failed? And he looked at me and he said, Travis, what's the worst that can happen? And I thought about it. And I don't even know if I really answered the question. He said, let's just say you fall flat on your face. You can always just come back. You can always come back to this job. And I thought to myself, that's a really good point. If I take this huge chance in life and I, and I go for it and I go do this thing that I'm so excited about that I feel like is going to fill me up and, and help a lot of people. And the worst thing that happens is I fall on my face and I just go get another job. I'm like, man, okay. And it didn't feel so scary. And I ask this question a lot to clients, clients that are making really big, important, scary decisions. And I always ask them, what's the worst that can happen? And as we process that question, it's never as scary as we think it is. I've never asked the question and then, the, and then my friend or my client said an answer that was detrimental, that was crushing. In our minds, the worst is really bad, but when we really play it out, it's not that bad. And so if you have something in your life that's really scary, that you're terrified to do because you're scared to fail, ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Number nine, and this comes from my friend and mentor, Gary Hogue. Gary once told me, and it was very blunt. He said, Travis, you can never be too generous. And it sounds silly to think about, but the more I've lived and the more I've given and the more I've experienced, I've come to realize this is true. You can never be too generous. And I don't, I don't want to make that sound like a prosperity gospel sort of thing, like a, as a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that that the more I give, the more I receive. I think there's some other financial gurus, I'm not going to name names, that might imply this. That's not how it works. But as a Christian, I'll tell you this. We will be taken care of. I believe God will take care of us. We will have enough. Now, it is true. If I give away everything I own, it is true I may not have much. 
That is, in fact, is true. If I have a million dollars and I give a million dollars away, I'm not saying that you'll be replaced, it'll be replaced with a million and a half dollars or two million dollars. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we will be okay. And what I'm saying is that no matter how much we give, no matter how much that hurts, the fulfillment that we receive from the gift is always more impactful than having that much less money will feel. I've had a lot of times in my generosity journey where I've wanted to make a gift or my wife has wanted to make a gift and it feels really scary. And we think, oh my gosh, this is going to negatively impact our life. And then we realize, wait, that's ridiculous. Just make the gift. And we make the gift and it's always worth it. It's always worth it. And it's something that I didn't learn until my 30s. I'm embarrassed to say this. And, and maybe I should clarify, my late 30s probably, mid late 30s, because I would say up until my early 30s, I was a really selfish person. Because when I looked at generosity, I would look at it like this. I would look at it like a financial person. I would look at it like an investing person where I would say, okay, well, every $100 I invest is worth this much over time in the stock market due to compounding and, and what the market has historically done. And I look at that and I'll say, mathematically, I'm better off not giving because I'll have more later. And then in my mind, I think to myself, oh, and then I'll have more to give then. And I remember I was talking to somebody and I was sharing this concept and this was a person that was far wiser than me. And, and I was explaining, well, if I do this, then I'll have more to give later. And he said, Travis, that sounds great, but there's people starving today. There are people hurting today. And as my friend Gary would tell me, he says, Travis, God's not keeping score. It's not about how much you can give. It's about just giving faithfully, giving sacrificially, giving joyfully, because you can never be too generous. And that advice has just changed my life. And I think a big piece of it is it's helped create contentment. Because when we give and we give and we give and then maybe we give some more, we realize we have enough. We have plenty. We're taken care of. We have a roof over our head. My kids are fed. They have clothes. We're going to be okay. And it changes your perspective on life when you give in that way. When you give knowing it's going to be okay, it shifts our perspective of money. It shifts our perspective of who really owns this money. It shifts our perspective of what it means to give. And so that advice changed me forever. So thank you, Gary. All right, number 10. This piece of advice comes from my business partner, Mr. Cole Netton. And uh, as, a, as a, maybe a little context, Cole uh, was a Division I kicker. And up until last month, he was the all-time leading scorer in Iowa State history. He has now been surpassed by the great Brees Hall, who we will see playing on Sundays next season. But Cole was an accomplished kicker and has some ridiculous kicking records. The dude was an animal. And, and so Cole, we have a running joke in our office, and he always says, Travis, you need to be more like a kicker. And he drives me nuts when he says it because he's right, first and foremost. And what he means by that is, as a kicker, 
if you mess up or you get crapped on by somebody, you can't hold on to it. Because if you hold on to it, you're going to shank that next kick. And if there's one thing that people don't like, it's a kicker that misses kicks. And so Cole said, he always says, Travis, you need to be more like a kicker. You just need to move on. You need to wipe this slate clean. And I think early in our, in our meeting over money days, I took a lot of online hate. And Cole could see that it, it really beat me down. And he's like, Travis, you got to be a kicker, man. And he said, you just got to let it go. He says, you're never going to make all these people happy. You just have to do the right thing and, and just move on. And I think that has really helped me reshape how I view failure and criticism and uncertainty. Is that when I get kicked in the face or I mess up or I screw up or I get scrutinized, if I could just let it go and move on and, and not ignore people necessarily. I don't want to ignore it. I don't want to pretend I didn't fail. We need to learn from that. When I fail and I fail often, I need to learn from it, but not let it bring me down, not let me take it into the next play. I need to, I need to let it go, move on and do better next time. Because if I don't, I'm going to miss that next kick. And so Cole's advice to, I need to be more like a kicker is, is number 10 for me. So there you have it. Number six through 10 of the best life advice I've ever received. And again, I think we can all learn from each other. I think there's a couple in there that I said that maybe will make a difference for you. And some, you might be like, nah, like I'm good, but I want to hear yours. I want to learn from you. What advice made a difference for you? How can we learn? How can we grow? Drop us a line. You can find us on on Instagram, Meaning Over Money. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. You can find our YouTube channel. And of course, you can find Meaning Over Money, which is our financial course for young adults, where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And that's at meaningover.money. And as a podcast listener, please don't pay full price if you decide to buy a course. As our way of saying thank you, if you decide to buy a course, please use the promo code PODCAST25, PODCAST25, to get 25% off. And if you're not interested in that, that's okay. We're just glad that you're here, and we hope this podcast continues to add value to your journey. Take care, guys. 